And it's the easiest thing to do to pick up something that you like and tell people that you like it and why you like it and where you got it from. You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this e-commerce marketing focused podcast. If you're not familiar with our format, well, each month we focus on a different marketing method like email or SEO or Facebook ads. And each week I interview a different expert to explore the latest advice on making it work for you. It's a new month, so it's time for a new topic. And this month we are all about TikTok. It's probably number one on my list of things you should be testing ASAP because it's not yet as saturated as the other social channels. It's gaining huge traction and TikTok are currently incentivizing retailers to join the party. So why not take advantage of those incentives? Throughout this month, we'll be looking at the different ways you can use TikTok, doing it organically yourself, the ad space, TikTok shop, their own marketplace, and tapping into the creator space as well. We'll be looking at how you make all those work and giving you the insights into them so you can get that first idea of, is it going to work for me and how do I go about pursuing it well? In this first episode, though, we're going to explore a case study. The brilliant Thomas J. Vosper is back on the show to tell us how and why he and his team at trainers marketplace aisle three have put tiktok front and center of their growth strategy in 2023 thomas is going to be sharing tips on how to tackle tiktok in a bootstrapped way the only sort of ads he found worked for them the whole end-to-end strategy that they delivered on tiktok that managed to get to turn two-thirds of their tiktok followers into email signups on their website, which let's face it, we'd all love those kind of stats. And then talking about how they did their creator strategy, also talking about how they went around creating their own organic activity. They really dived into TikTok, but whether you're going to go as deep as uh, the team at R3 have gone, or whether you're going to take bits of this to do something slightly lower key, you're going to learn a lot in this episode. Thomas is sharing a lot and it is well worth the extra minutes we've put on this episode for all the things you're going to learn here. So let's get stuck in and make sure you listen right to the end of the episode so you get Thomas's quick fire insider tips about how to maximise the performance of TikTok and my sharing and my take on it all and outlining some other free ways we can help you improve your TikTok even more. So stay tuned to the end. So you're thinking about launching on TikTok shop, but you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed by the work required to be successful on the platform, right? Well, don't worry because Unsociable are going to make it easy for you to grow your following, engagement and most importantly, sales on TikTok. Unsociable are an official premier TikTok shop partner and they make it so easy to launch your brand on TikTok and get sales fast. With proven commercial traction and 64 million client views so far this year, Unsociable provides brands with everything you need for a successful TikTok shop launch. Everything from setup to ads and live streaming. Now you can book a free, no obligation TikTok consultation with their founder, Ben Muir, via keepopt.com forward slash unsociable. There's limited availability, so book now at keepopt.com forward slash unsociable for your free, no obligation TikTok consultation with Ben. 
Do you have a problem only an awesome piece of e-commerce tech can solve? Is your e-commerce tech stack not quite fit for purpose anymore? Then why not explore the latest technology on offer at e-commerce tech? We are going through a hugely changing time in the tech landscape at the moment. And if you want to be bringing the best results you can in your business, then you need to be on top of what's going on in the tech space. To find out that and much more, head to keepopt.com forward slash tech. That's K-E-E-P-O-P-T dot com forward slash T-E-C-H. Keepopt.com forward slash tech to find all the best tools for your e-commerce store. In this episode, I'm chatting with TikTok expert Thomas J. Vosper, CEO and co-founder at Trainers Marketplace Aisle 3, where they've been focusing on TikTok ahead of any other channel during 2023 to fuel their growth, taking their TikTok channel from zero to 33,000 followers this year. Hello, Thomas. Hey, how are we doing, Chloe? We are good. We always like catching up with you. So thank you very much for putting your hat in the ring for TikTok Month. It is greatly appreciated. Before we get into your TikTok journey, though, tell everybody a little bit more about Aisle 3, please. Yeah. So for the last 16 years, I've been working in e-commerce from the likes of Amazon and Tesco on the marketplace business. And I founded Aisle 3 just before the pandemic, so three and a half years ago. And our vision is to remove the need for you to ever open another app or tab whenever you shop online. And our launch category for that has been sneakers or trainers, depending on which country you're in. (laughs) And so you're building this amazing tech product, I suppose, but you're also very, very focused on getting customers in to buy from you as well, aren't you? So in some ways, you're kind of operating both as supplier side and brand side. Yeah, exactly. We are looking at how we can shift that behavior that everyone's used to, which is they probably go onto Google and they search for that thing that they want to buy, but see 10 of exactly the same product of 10 advertisers who are all paying for that slot. What we're trying to do is consolidate that so it's just one option for you and then the 10 people that sell it are all underneath. So as it's a behaviour change and because we are a very frugal, relatively bootstrapped, I mean, we are VC and investor backed, but relatively bootstrapped compared to some of the incumbents, we focus a lot on like building a community and an audience to then drive awareness, which then in turn drives sales and volume through the site and through platform. Got you. And the use of TikTok has been to create that consumer community to drive that consumer growth side of things. Yeah, exactly. We saw an opportunity to build an audience uh, pretty rapidly on TikTok, which was difficult for us to do on other channels. And to be quite specific around that, a lot of marketing, and when I, when I think about like the general startup scene, a lot of marketing is often focused very much at the bottom of the funnel, where it is, I want to buy that thing, show me the quickest place to go and buy it. And then everyone is bidding on all of the same terms and you focus very much on a conversion rate. Now, that becomes really tough for us as a challenger brand when we sit in the same space as, let's say, Nike and Adidas as brands or like JD Sports or Foot Locker as as multi-brand retailers. We don't really want to be in that space. And maybe some of the terms that we might bid on might be very cheap to 
buy, but they're going to be niche and they're not necessarily where we are as a brand and where we offer a really great customer experience. So we looked at how do you, and and often, by the way, this is where you start when you don't have very much money for marketing. You start like right at the top in terms of big brand awareness. We originally hired someone, a content creator, to come into the business and work alongside me to build up an Instagram profile. And we very quickly got to sort of six or seven hundred followers and then flatlined like completely for about three weeks. And it was actually his idea to say, well, you know, why don't I just replicate what I'm doing on TikTok, uh, on Instagram, and I do that onto TikTok, and we'll see how that works and see if that is a, a more engaged audience for us that we can bring onto our site from the channel. So do you think part of your success on TikTok has been because it is that that blue ocean space at the minute, there's less competition there, there's more space to to make content fly? We did pick sneakers as a an initial category for us as a proof point for what really is an AI tech business because of the potential to like talk about a really cool product that people do enjoy, have a passion for and have a subculture for, which then is going to foster engagement on social channels. But certainly for us, we saw the way that it's so easy to to make content and then push that out and experiment through TikTok, that that was why I think it started, like, and it snowballed really, really quickly. One of the things that I found quite interesting as I started to build up the team of content creators uh, within the business is that there's a lot of cognitive dissonance when you're making content in that everything's really, really important and it needs to be on brand and it needs to work and it needs to reflect like the best you. But at the same time, however many people see that, it's probably also not a lot of people. Like it is and it isn't a lot. So you have to balance trying to get everything perfect with actually just going ahead and doing stuff. And if you do fail or something doesn't work, actually like, yes, loads of people see it, they really care, no one sees it, you shouldn't care. Like both of those things are true at exactly the same point. So in a minute or two, we will get into what you've actually been doing on TikTok and, and what's what's been working for you. But before we do that, you mentioned there about, you know, how with aisle three, you picked the sneakers, the trainers category because it was an exciting and interesting one to talk about, which obviously lends itself well to TikTok. I think if anyone doesn't realise there are some incredibly passionate people out there thinking about sneakers and trainers pretty much all the time and spending all their spare cash on it on them, they've had their head in a hole somewhere. So, I mean, it's clearly a topic which lends itself to TikTok. Do you think you could achieve this with anything or do you think you have to have a content that, that is interesting, that people are passionate about to make it work on TikTok? Well, I think for a business that is looking to create content and go onto TikTok, I'd be really surprised if there was any business on the planet that doesn't at least have an audience somewhere that are going to engage with content that it produces. If it doesn't have that, then it probably doesn't have any customers and it's not going to be a business for very long. I suppose, you know, historically, we can look back just a few years where you could look at something like TikTok and think of that as being, you know, just kids dancing or something like, does it go viral? Does it not? Does it mean anything? Like, probably not. But actually, there's such a strong, huge user base on TikTok that it is, it's a real mix of people. So almost whatever, if you're a train spotter, you will find loads and loads and loads of videos about trains, 
And if you sell anything to do with trains, you can make content and there will be people that you don't even know because you can't see them when you walk down the road and know what their hobbies are that would be absolutely fascinated by that. And, I, and I'm sure that whatever category, as long as you have people who talk about something that they're passionate about in a way that is engaging, that makes other people want to listen to that passion, then really, you know, I think there's no limit to just how much content you can produce and then how you can try and bring that into your own site, your business, whatever the end goal is for you. Cool. So let's talk then about the TikTok strategies you've been using this year. I mean, I'm guessing you're not using TikTok shop, but I can't for life me work out whether you've been doing TikTok ads, whether you're doing TikTok organic or whether you're leveraging the creator marketplace or doing something else. So what, what are those key headline strategies you've been testing and finding to work? Yeah. So as we are a, a multi-brand marketplace, even though you can buy on our site and you can buy from let's say five different retailers in in one checkout on our site and um, it's it was difficult for us to look at getting onto the shop because you have to get brand approval from every brand to sell on to the TikTok shop, which poses a lot of challenges when you have lots of other brands. And then you're also effectively going to Nike and saying, I'll be the custodian of your brand on TikTok. It's probably not going to happen. That's probably why you see a lot of TikTok shop being more around own brand products, because if you own the brand, just like you might be a D2C brand that's used to selling on Amazon, quite easy to replicate that on TikTok as a tactic. So that was out for us, right, straight away. So our plan and our vision was always to try and build as much community and engagement as we could do and as big an audience as possible to then funnel that in a very informed and controlled way onto our site and on our site, what we put up is we put up a we gated our site like immediately. So as we started our TikTok activity, we put a nice big you need to sign up to aisle three. And here's lots of options. You can do it, by the way. You can use Google. You can sign in using uh, like LinkedIn. You can use your Facebook ID. We gave lots and lots of options so that everyone who hit our site from TikTok would come and they would expect to be signing up. And so that's where over the course of like six months, we went to 33,000 followers and two out of three of those pretty much converted to actually signing up on our site. So we had 23,000 subscribed customers giving us an email address, which filtered down into around about 800 orders. And most of that was organic. So I will talk about adds a little bit, but most of that was organic uh, content driving that awareness. I'm just thinking, having gone to your website today, I was like, I wonder why they've gated it. Now it makes total sense. If you're building that kind of community piece and you're, you know, the main thing you're doing from that social media or from any piece of marketing is driving the traffic, why not gate it? to get the email sign up to then drive, drive it later on. A bold move. But I have to say, I thought as I was experiencing it myself earlier today, I was thinking how, how it makes aisle three seem a bit more special. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, I've got to work hard to get in here. So loving the fact you outlined that here. So that was a really conscious decision for us to gate that and have all the comms. So occasionally what would happen is the experience that you explained there where you come onto the site and you, you're surprised that you need to sign up. But because we genuinely weren't investing marketing anywhere else, it's almost assumed that 
almost everyone who comes to the site will have that will expect that experience so you, you kind of have to lean in really hard like if you're going to do something like gating your awareness you, like don't accidentally start running some ads somewhere to click onto the site and buy and expect to land on a product page but not be able to see that that's such a negative experience it will bounce our bounce rate was negligible on our site got you so in the in the content you're putting out on tiktok it was suggesting making it clear that they were going to hit a gated site and going to have to sign up to get access so it wasn't a surprise to them when they found that everything was sign up follow us for more comment like the posts and go to the site and sign up and you'll get a sign up bonus nice okay i love how you've connected that the whole way through from like the we want to build community and discussion clear calls to action, site set up, so they're not landing on the site. Because you see so many people do this, sign up for more, and you just land up on a homepage without a sign up button in sight. So the fact it kind of works the whole way through. Or it pops up as you start to do stuff. So you land on the site, and then you start to have a look around, and you scroll on your phone or on your desktop, and then all of a sudden, like it pops up in front of you, and you're like, well, hang on a minute. I was And and how often does that break, by the way, that you can't find the X to like close it and you're like, oh, I can't do anything here. It's so frustrating. And the simplicity of it as well. One system for everybody mm -hmm. makes so much sense in that startup space. So you've predominantly done this via organic activity, but you mentioned you did a little bit of ads. What was the role of those? Was that just a test that you tried and went, oh, no, we can get better ROI somewhere else? Yes, there's a couple of different ways that you can boost posts with TikTok. Uh, commonly, if you're like running your own account, you'll probably find that you'll be on the on your phone, on the app, and just like you can do on Instagram, you want to like give the post a boost. That's possible. We actually never even tried that going through the phone. Uh, we actually set up like the proper ads interface from day one we had a proper business account where you can register that you're a proper business so you get some endorsement there and then when you become i'd say this tongue-in-cheek but like famous enough you can get that blue verified tick which made a huge difference which i'll i can share it a little bit later it's just how transformational that was for us but we absolutely wanted to uh, explore ads and we were quite strategic in how we did that there are lots of different things that you can do within TikTok to uh, either boost your posts, get views, get engagement, pay for followers, pay for people to land on your site. And so when I look at all of those collectively, there's definitely some things that are like a don't do, right? One was we saw very, very little value in paying for any sort of view whatsoever. There was no point, even if you just put a pound on every post and said go and see how many views it gets that's probably a thousand bots or phones in a click farm and there was almost like negligible engagement and you could see that when if you have a business account you can see the extra analytics to see like who stuck around to the end like what the drop-off was in the video and like literally like all of them are like just one second bang there you go thousand views and then then tumbleweed like they don't stick around so that didn't work at all we also found it quite expensive to try and drive people to the site or the app as like a click through onto the site. That didn't really work out quite, it really wasn't a very good return on investment because again, all of our content is telling you anyway to go to the site. And when you go to the site, you have to sign up anyway. 
And so the idea of kind of layering on a payment thing that says like sign up here and then you sign up, but you don't sign up because it takes you to the site because you've got to sign up. The bounce rate there was exceptionally high considering what we were seeing elsewhere. What we did find worked really well is that you could test different posts. And at the time, you could only do about 10 posts at a time. Now you can do this with 50 posts at a time through the ad platform. You can try and get followers, like just pay for a follower based on your existing audience. And then you create an audience within TikTok, which is based on your followers, that starts to continually refresh. And so you start to see the costs per follower come down quite considerably. Now, again, that worked for us because from 33,000 followers, they became 23,000 people actually registering on our site. Got you. So a really great testing strategy with the ads there, drilling down to a really clear, this is the bit we use it for, and this is the only bit we use it for. And we're setting the algorithm and everything else up for success. So loving that. Then, So the, so the big focus was on organic. Did you also use uh, the TikTok creator space? Did you get other people creating content for you or was it all homegrown? Well, we completely bypassed the creator marketplace. We explored a little bit of it and we found that it was probably quite expensive to do that. And then we tried a little outreach as well for us. You know, myself and uh, my colleagues spent a couple of afternoons and that's about what it takes, right? Just take yourself away from the world for like three or four hours, like doom scrolling through TikTok, but trying to look for all of the hashtags that you think might be relevant for you. And then seeing who is posting about that and then putting that onto a big old spreadsheet and then messaging them all directly saying, would you be prepared to put a post about us? And what's really great about that is that we very quickly developed a reputation where we already had a pretty good following. We had some really interesting content, so people instantly were engaged when they saw us. We weren't going to someone with like zero followers and saying, put your reputation on the line to back us. We, we got a good, solid backing. But we also wrote an incredibly detailed brief, incredibly detailed, that said, this is what excites us about your profile. This is what excites us about the content we produce. And here are some, some things that you absolutely cannot miss saying at all in your post about us. And then the moment that we got the video back, which nine times out of 10 was right first time, by the way, because we were so detailed in the brief, we wired them the money immediately. I'd laugh a little bit. I get it like personally, right? I only have like 2,000 people following me or something on TikTok. But I still get stuff where people will email me because they're just a blank unfiltered, uncurated list, and they're sending me something saying, if I send you a dress, will you put it on? And like, if anyone buys it, then we'll, we'll give you like 2% of whatever the sales are, like completely not relevant. But when you do that outreach and it is relevant, then you get really good engagement with the influencers themselves. And what we found is often, because we would pay someone like by the end of the day when the video would turn up, and they're probably used to being told they'd be paid on performance or like having to chase invoices or any of that kind of stuff. Often they'd make a second or third video about us just because. Nice. So you put the effort into some decent creator outreach, DIYing it. Love the fact you shared that process. And then you treated the crazy that we actually have to say this. You treated the creators with the respect. Um, 
obviously that's going to make them like you more. Strange. Uh, this is mad. Mad we have to say it, but we do. It's nuts, isn't it? Yeah. I, I'm get, reading between the lines of a couple of things you said there. You would go back to people for and pay them for a second post if you thought they had good good results. He's nodding at me, so I'm going to carry on asking questions. Well, not, not, no, not quite. Not, not quite. quite. I'm nodding, but they would actually often do a second post for us as a freebie. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Nice. And then you said you were getting the videos. So were they posting the videos on their own stuff or were you posting them yourselves as well? What was happening there? Both, both. So so what they were doing is they were posting on their own channel and tagging us and then we were sharing that. And then, you know, a predetermined amount of time later, we would then go and post that on our channel and not only just post that on our channel, but if you go onto a3.co today on TikTok, you'll see that we have playlists on our actual profile page and we push all of them into a single playlist as well. So you can see all of the people that have endorsed us who are our, our, our fans. Nice. Okay. And million dollar question, which hopefully the answer to which is not million dollars. Average amount you're paying them to do these posts for you. Is it a dollar? Is it a thousand dollars? What sort of budget are we talking about here? I think this is probably quite hard to answer like publicly and also, you know, out of respect for what people might ask for. But what I will say is that most of the stuff that I get an a3.co gets from people wanting influencer agreements with us tell us that they want to pay us hardly anything and it's on performance mm -hmm. and most of the outreach that you do is an influencer says I want £2,000 and definitely if you go to an agency that has a cohort of influencers they want two to five thousand pounds but if you're talking to a human who is passionate about the product that you have then you're definitely in the hundreds of pounds not the thousands of pounds because they're talking about something that they like and it's the easiest thing to do to pick up something that you like and tell people that you like it and why you like it and where you got it from got you so as with so many things in marketing putting the time effort planning the writing together of those briefs enables you to get the cost from thousands down to hundreds and find people who will probably or quite possibly do you another post just because they think you're awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And and there was lots of things that we learned from that as well, in that there would be some posts where they really didn't get many views at all, but the actual engagement on the posts, the number of comments, and then the influencer jumping on those comments and then fostering a conversation, it, we definitely saw like a lot of signups there, whereas there were other posts that we thought that would do better, which didn't really even kind of register. Now, of course, again, it's it's quite hard, as a marketer, quite hard to, to apportion everything directly. And of course, that's where the performance marketing comes in and performance marketers always look at every single thing that you can kind of track back. Whereas most of what we're doing, we're not really tracking anywhere. We just know that that's the only thing that we're doing and it's got a single consistent message and it's going into one place with one possible action. Got you. So you you did this very clever creator piece and then got to talk very quickly about the organic activity you were doing. What was What's the ratio become between posting other people's videos about you and posting videos you've created yourself? Is it like every other day you do one or the other or are you 80% own content, 20% creator content? Is there a normal number? 
external creator content was negligible when you look at the number of posts that we actually have. So we posted over the course of six months around about a thousand posts. We had probably, gosh, I don't know how to date now. If I was to check a3.co now and look at the playlist, there's probably 25 fan posts on there. So that's the scale of content that we were producing ourselves. To do that, I hired a team and a young, talented, hungry team. I hired a, a sneaker authenticator from eBay, a sneaker authenticator from StockX, and then I hired a young lady who uh, I think she was like predominantly worked, like her day job was like working as a receptionist in a hotel, but she had a YouTube channel where she she bought like stuff from like misguided and and pretty little thing and boohoo and did like kind of try on hauls that you know you she had 11,000 subscribers on her youtube channel and so that again is an after like for all of those individuals it was an afternoon of just like trawling through like youtube who's got a youtube video somewhere like who's probably getting used to making a few influencer deals but actually they probably want to do it as a full time gig and then can you bring those people people in and then give them the power to go and create something and again always conscious of the time that you've got young people who are super creative super talented at the same time super anxious doing something that they're definitely going to get judged about but it's really important and you're going to do a great job and everyone's going to love what you're doing but no one's going to see it and no one cares <laughs> and try and mix all of that together and so um it's almost laughable really but this is kind of a tip really for people to think about how you get started it is just getting started i, I would go to oxford street with the team and we go and buy a bunch of sneakers with my credit card and go back to the office and make a bunch of videos and then take them all back the next day. Cheeky. <laughs> That's how you make content. Like, so no one can tell you that you need a massive budget, that you need to have a bunch of execs to run an account and that you need to have like a £10,000 content budget and you need to spam those with 10 grand's worth of ads to test the algorithm. Like you don't, whatever category, whatever, if you sell a physical product today and you want to go and create content, I'm sure that either you have one in your warehouse that you can get the most passionate member of your staff to go and talk about on a video or you can go and buy it from somewhere and then just take it back. I love that. Thank you so much, Thomas, for all of that. You've given us so many ideas for how we can do TikTok in the clever way, uh, I would say. <laughs> so it's been great picking your brains about all of that. Uh, listeners, remember to stay tuned right to the end so you don't miss out on Thomas's insider tips on TikTok and my suggestions for more free resources to help you improve things even further in your business. So you're thinking about launching on TikTok shop, but you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed by the work required to be successful on the platform, right? Well, don't worry because Unsociable are gonna make it easy for you to grow your following, engagement, and most importantly, sales on TikTok. Unsociable are an official premier TikTok shop partner, and they make it so easy to launch your brand on TikTok and get sales fast. With proven commercial traction and 64 million client views so far this year, Unsociable provides brands with everything you need for a successful TikTok shop launch. Everything from setup to ads and live streaming. Now you can book a free, no obligation TikTok consultation with their founder, Ben Muir, via keepopt.com forward slash unsociable. 
There's limited availability. So book now at keepopt.com forward slash unsociable for your free no obligation TikTok consultation with Ben. Do you have a problem only an awesome piece of e-commerce tech can solve? Is your e-commerce tech stack not quite fit for purpose anymore? Then why not explore the latest technology on offer at e-commerce tech? We are going through a hugely changing time in the tech landscape at the moment. And if you want to be bringing the best results you can in your business, then you need to be on top of what's going on in the tech space. To find out that and much more, head to keepopt.com forward slash tech. That's K-E-E-P-O-P-T dot com forward slash T-E-C-H. Keepopt.com forward slash tech to find all the best tools for your e-commerce store. Okay, Thomas, so far we've gone deep into taking your TikTok from zero to 33,000 followers. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole of TikTok. So for the following questions, and to be honest, you can talk about anything e-commerce if you want to, um, your answer can be anything to do with TikTok, which of course includes everything we've already been talking about. Thomas, are you ready for the insider tips? Go for it. Okay, let's start with newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first TikTok steps, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? You simply have to sign up and start creating. It's as straightforward as that. There has never been a better time to remove all of the barriers that you think you might have previously to go and get yourself in front of an audience. If you are a creator, then stay as a creator. But probably anyone listening to this podcast is likely to be a business looking to sell. So if you're a business, make sure you have a business account because that gives you access to some better tools around reporting and the data analysis, uh, also your follower accounts and building audiences. And if you do go down the route of wanting to boost some of your posts with ads, then at least starting in the correct way and registering as a proper business as well will give you the best chance there. But, but simply what you have to do is you have to think about what's my end goal? What do I want the person that watches this video to do afterwards? And then frame that content and experiment to try and see if you can you can bring about that action. Nice. Loads of great advice there. Once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimizing. So what's your favorite way to improve performance? Well, the least sexy part about this is that you have to be consistent. I had a team of three people and we put out between what well, originally I tasked them with four videos a day. And as the team grew to three people, we said, OK, let's make that eight a day. But maybe we can spend a little bit t more time like editing the videos or a little bit longer form content and try and experiment there. So really, the trick to keep optimizing is to be consistent all of the time. Now, this is probably where you've got an advantage as, a, as an in-house individual in a business versus an agency. Because if you're an agency, something like TikTok, I can completely understand, is a nightmare. Now, why is it a nightmare? As an agency, you're probably going to have one or two or more people researching a post because they've seen the Dollar Shave Club video and think, let's go and build something that's going to be hugely viral. And they'll spend a week researching it and they'll put it out and it'll flop. And you'll have 
the founder, the owner, the marketeer, marketing director in a business looking at the money that they've just spent on that agency, that they've then pumped it with ads and it's still not worked, and wonder why that thing that someone in the department did themselves that was like five seconds long, it was like a meme with a frog burping, suddenly went incredibly viral. And so it's an absolute nightmare to do that. So you really need to keep as much of this as in-house as possible and be really consistent with lots and lots and lots of content that's got a clear, definitive call to action at the end of it. Nice. Loving that. Yeah. And on any of these platforms, from podcasting to TikTok, consistency is key. You've got to be there. Uh, If someone listening wants to learn more, is there a cheap or free resource you could recommend? Well, look, this is the hardest question to answer, really, because there's countless posts and advice that you can get. Just like listening to this podcast has hopefully given people some ideas. But I really want to stress that I'm not a TikTok marketer. Like I wasn't when I started this. I I wasn't registered on TikTok. It was a 22-year-old who I bought in to do Instagram posts that said, hey, we should do TikTok. And I'm like, isn't that just kids dancing? And so there's no amount of, from this podcast, there's no amount of resource that you can pick up and you can read that's going to help you as much as actually just getting started and just doing it. And so what you should be learning from is either the people in your business or the people that you hire into your business who are passionate about whatever that product is or that thing or that services that your business does. Like, Give those, those people wings and let them fly. Got you. Love that as a a piece of advice too. Finally, it's crystal ball time. What is coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for? I think there's there's certainly a large percentage of US listeners here who have a a sketchy time with being able to access TikTok in the first place, right? So, you know, whilst we can't really predict the future, as much as I'm saying that you go all in really on your TikTok, what you've got to be aware of is we don't know what the future is going to hold for TikTok as a platform. Is it too big to fail? Is there going to be something else that comes out? You know, Be Real seem to come in, disappear. There's lots of investment that goes into Snap and different ways that you can engage. If you take a content-first approach and you think about for the next 6 or 12 months, I'm going to take a content-first approach, then whatever happens with TikTok or any other channel, you'll end up, like we have at aisle 3, we have a thousand videos of which they can all be repurposed they can all go into youtube shorts we can put them all into instagram stories and reels and each time we do that we can change the background sound to whatever the new trending sound is at the time or we can just repost them on tiktok and so really you know what's you know, I'm going to be vague. I don't know what's coming up over the next six to 12 months. What I do know isn't going to change is that people are still going to be on their phones, scrolling and consuming content and probably in the market for whatever the product or service you are selling is. They probably still exist. I like that take on it. I do. I was only reading over lunch today that I think it's Indonesia has just passed laws to ban social media platforms from selling product, which is very much being seen. I can see why it's being seen as a direct attack on TikTok. So it's a, and and TikTok in the US, I think is going to continue to be an interesting story, which isn't, as Thomas was saying, it's not a reason not to do it, but go in with your eyes open. 
is what we're saying here. Thomas, we are very nearly at the end of the show. So could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business, please? Well, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, Thomas Vosper. I'm fairly easy to find. I'm also on TikTok. And our business, our sneaker marketplace is a3.co. That's the website address. You can find us in the Google Play Store and you can find us on TikTok under that handle as well. And I suppose if I leave you on one final note, because we've talked so much about content and creation, over this summer... I wrote my first book. Who would have ever thought it? I've never thought about writing a book. And yet we have the tools at our disposal now and the ability to self-publish that over the course of a couple of months over the summer, I was able to write and publish a book and create my own completely new content. I think probably only about 100 people have bought it. But that's enough for me to validate that I know that it's if I can do that, there will be people listening that may not feel comfortable in putting themselves in front of a camera or th- or even thinking, by the way, about how do, I, how do I get a list of content? Well, that's easy. Ask ChatGPT. What are the 12 posts I should go and make about X product or X service, right? They definitely won't be the right answers, but they'll give you food for thought. They'll fuel what you want to do. So, yeah, I, I leave like everyone on that kind of note. If, if you don't think you can do it, but somehow I can write a book that people will pay real money for, then you probably can do it and you certainly might as well try. Love that. Thank you so much, Thomas. It has been brilliant, as it always is, catching up with you. But you've shared so much in this episode. I know the audience is going to really appreciate it. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Wow, so much great advice there from Thomas. Now, for anyone going, what's his book? What's his book? What's his book? It is about historic pub crawls around London, and you can find it on Amazon if you want to go and check that out. Just search for Thomas Vosper and pub crawls, and you'll find the book. I just wanted to let you know that because you're going, is it about trainers? Is it about sneakers? Is it about TikTok? No, not about any of those. It's about something far more important the historic pub crawl. Okay, so loads of really great advice there from Thomas. So cool to have him explaining what they've done to grow and the numbers behind what that's led through to the business. I think that, or through to the website and then through to the sales. I think a couple of key things that I would take from that is don't feel like you have to follow someone else's blueprint You know, if you're canny, if you're clever, if you're pragmatic, you can find ways to do this at a ROI, at a rate that works for your business and brings the right things in. Other things, I think their focus on building community and audience drove their strategy. So the only ads that they found that worked for them was growing the followers. Well, if you're looking to grow community, you want those followers so it feeds directly in. They were then running all those ads saying, sign up on our website, register with us, join us. So when they came through to the website, bang, that's all they could do was sign up, register, etc. So they managed to turn two thirds of the people who were following them on TikTok into subscribers on the website who they can then market to in other ways to get sales further down the line. So I think there's real clarity of strategy, real clarity of objective there. And I thought that creator method they were using, only driving 25 out of the thousand odd posts they did, but it was a good way of managing creators so you know you're getting what works for you and you're working with people who want to work with you, as can be shown by the fact that they were then creating additional posts totally for free. And that respect between creator and brand, I think, is always crucially important if you want to make it work. But that the primary piece was the organic 
side of things, creating their own posts about their products, about their topics and so forth. And that, as you heard there, they went pretty full out on. By the end, uh, they created over a thousand videos so far. They were doing four a day, went up to eight a day. Thomas hired three people to do it and he hired people who knew how to create this type of content. Lots of advice in there for you to take on board and to think about about how you might want to go and do TikTok yourself. You can get links to everything we discussed, the full transcript, our notes and other stuff at keepoptimizing.com or use our special direct episode short link. Just put keepopt.com and then whatever the number of this episode is into the URL bar and you'll go straight to the correct page on the website. When you get to the website, make sure you add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the many, many things I share to help you improve your business. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Keep Optimising podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to continue learning about TikTok, which quite frankly, I don't know how you wouldn't after listening to this, then scroll back up your feed to episode 163, where we talked about the ad side of TikTok with Ben, and then go back to last year, episodes 119 to 122, when we covered different aspects of TikTok, including a really interesting interview or two about the creator space on TikTok, which is where you get other people to create your content for you. You can also find all our TikTok content via the short link keepopt.com forward slash TikTok. And please do tell your fellow marketers about the show because I want to help as many marketers as possible to improve the performance of their e-commerce marketing. Have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z. Find the latest e-commerce tech at keepopt.com forward slash tech.